Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. Thank you to our latest patron, Hang Dog, who joined us this week. Uh, and I just want to give a shout out to the patrons who are all joining us live in our Discord at the moment. We've got Charlotte, we've got Luke, we've got Luna, we've got Pangolin Sandwich, we've got Richard Taylor. Um, we do normally have um, more people, but we're recording a little earlier this week. And part of the reason why we're recording earlier is because I am up in Derbyshire in a beautiful little hamlet called Cowdale and I'm recording on a temporary recording device so I sound a little bit different um but uh, thank I'm you to so- everyone go on in uh, Cowdale sounds like the sort of place where there are lots of cows in lots of fields is that accurate um yes I think there are uh, if if I, I I mean I do not believe in souls but if I did I believe I would say there are more bovine souls in cowdale than human souls basically i think there's more the cows and people i don't think you have to believe in souls to to use the word it's quite common in air aircraft uh air, air travel so thank you to all the patrons who are joining us on our ad free version who are, who are listening to us live uh, and you can get these kinds of tangents of which there will be many of i suspect on this show because it is a slightly unusual recording this week uh, and just before the show we were talking about a range of things including the uh, the uniformity of different brands of fish fingers which is uh, i think a lot more interesting than perhaps uh, we we let on uh, well yes i mean we it, it, it spurred a lively discussion in our discord chat room just now which was which was great um so thank you to everyone who's supporting us um ian i, I don't mean to intrude on your plans for the next sort of 40 minutes or so but would you like to jump into the news um yes that sounds like a wonderful way to spend uh, a fraction of the afternoon Okay, let's do that. Ars Technica and the Financial Times wrote that Napster, which is the file sharing business, of course, that we all used to get our music from before, well, most of today's children were born, has been sold to a UK company called Melody VR. Uh, This company, Melody VR, that is, streams virtual music concerts and events in conjunction with promoters like Live Nation. And its boss, Anthony Matchett, told the FT he was confident he could create a strong player in the music sector by combining its fledgling virtual live music business with Napster's streaming operation. Now, Napster had for the longest time, well, certainly longest recent time, been owned by Real Networks, which I only still really know about because it was the company that made Real Audio. Yeah. And real video, uh, the streaming technology, and thus made it possible for me to stream internet radio in the 1990s. And on one occasion, some of the live cameras from the first Big Brother. Yeah, that's true. I remember that. They did a deal with Intel, didn't they? 
I can't remember, but I do remember it was real audio. Very efficient, low bandwidth video encoder. Yeah. But Napster is is really the, the, the crux of this story because it, it's amazing to me that a company that got going before the 2000s as an illegal file sharing service was was legitimized as a download store, I think around 2003 or or four to compete with iTunes, has changed hands, has gone to into the streaming business, and it's still going. And it's still being sold, and it's tech, and whatever technology it has is still of value to other companies. That for the youth of today, Napster is meaningless. Um, it, it obviously means something to people our age because we grew up with the original. But for the uh, for the twenty somethings who will barely remember it, I suspect it isn't a big deal at all. However, it is a fully fledged music streaming service, isn't it? And uh, I, I have some uh, music I bought from Napster at some point. In fact, I seem to remember they had some sort of plan where you could subscribe and you got streaming music, but you would also get a number of downloads included in that each month. Yes, I think you were right. That was quite a few years ago. Quite a few years ago. So obviously I haven't looked into it since and I, I don't know whether it, it even does the same sort of stuff anymore. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's uh, both Real and uh, Napster are names from the past. But I, I have some recollection that Real was um, was one of those companies that managed to survive a lot longer than the technology it, um, it invented did uh, because it was invested in diverse businesses um, and therefore has somehow managed to stay as a as a business for all these years because basically it it, it divested its interests away from just streaming products and and uh, did other tech things. And if I remember with Napster, there there was a or it might have been Kazar or one of the LimeWire download platforms, but you could download a song and start it from one person and finish it on another person and unintentionally download two different rips of the same song and so the quality of the mp3 would actually change partway through um, because the software didn't necessarily identify that the same song might have been um might have been ripped from two different sources well presumably this is uh the days before hashing was a possibility so there was no way for um for the for the software to know whether the song was the same or not but and kazar was another one like pangolin sandwich brought up kazar i mean that's a brand that died but i believe that was a product of nicholas zenstrom who was one of the skype founders none of it's as good as um audio galaxy was it audio galaxy it was audio Galaxy. that's the one that had the desktop client yeah and you could um and it would uh, so, so i seem to remember that one you could search through the web um and and then find a song and then you press download and then it would just do it automatically in the background and it would pop its songs into a folder i seem to remember it being absolutely brilliant audio galaxy the, the this conversation has has spawned a, a massive amount of discussion in our live chat room as we record um every there's, there's a lot of praise for for and love for for kazar <laughs> yes. uh, pangolin sandwich says i used to download songs and they would have radio jingles over the top at the beginning luke who is our uh, our ambassador in the netherlands says cd plus plus on a university lan yes wonderful was, um uh, brt crispy i believe that's bart says i yep. used kazar but i'm pretty sure it did give my pc the computer equi- equivalent of chlamydia Absolutely. which is also highly likely it was it was uh, a very rich- virusy service that one 
Yeah, I believe so. Ian uh, Baxter, Rich Taylor talking about it as well. So, I mean, this is this is a period where certainly I think if we're talking to our very broad average demographic of people who had listened to a show like this one, probably had a lengthy experience using Napster um, before th those sorts of services were either taken out of commission or replaced by legitimate uh, versions that we that we moved to. And obviously much more recently streaming and so forth, so far. Um but yeah, interesting that Napster is still a brand, still going strong, and still of value to a British company, apparently. So there we go. Oh, slight factoid, actually. Wasn't Sean Parker, the guy who founded Napster, didn't he... Wasn't he like an early backer of Zuckerberg's? Yes, he was. He face... if you wasn't he? he? was like a... The movie The Social Network, you'll see uh, exactly oh. their opinion of him and uh, oh, and his I involvement. Seen yes, he was. Um, he he owned a percentage, a very small percentage, but neither, nonetheless it made him quite wealthy. Oh, this is interesting. As I was talking, the HP Support Assistant has appeared. That's a call forward to later. Excellent. Well, we'll be coming back to that in just a few minutes. Um, but if you have an opinion on Napster, Kazar, LimeWire, CD++, or indeed anywhere that we all loved getting our music from and now are so far uh, chronologically removed from it that it's okay to openly admit that we all used to pirate music, then you can let us know using UKTechShow at iCloud.com. You're used to hearing the smooth, velvet sound of Nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup, topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. wrote that researchers using sensors in smartphones were able to detect when somebody was over the legal drink drive limit. Phones were able to do this with 90% accuracy when users walked just 10 steps in the study, which was conducted by the University of Pittsburgh, which had 22 participants aged 21 to 43 who were given a vodka and lime juice drink. <laughs> um, which is a, a lovely exclamation. It's like that description of cheap wine in Peep Show, which was uh, uh, something which for, for legal reasons has to be called sparkling grape style drinking wine. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, they were given this vodka and lime juice drink every hour until they reached 80 milligrams of alcohol per 100 milliliters of blood, which in the US and indeed in England, Wales and Northern Ireland, that is the alcohol limit for drivers. So the BBC wrote that with a smartphone strapped to their back, the participants walk, uh, performed a walking task every two hours, which involved walking in a straight line for 10 steps, then turning around and walking back. And about 90% of the time, the researchers were able to identify those over the limit through the changes in their gait, uh, you know, basically how they how they walk, as highlighted by the phones. Interesting. So it, that's, I mean, that, that is a very, very high percentage. And the story cited a few experts who pointed out kind of the obvious, um, but, but certainly worth a discussing here, that this could be used within an app, for example, to alert you to 
being over the limit, even if maybe you think you're not over the limit. But if you go to the bathroom in a bar, as so many people do when they finish drinking but are about to leave, maybe thinking they're going to drive home, their phone could say, hey, maybe don't. You appear to be over the limit. Maybe get someone else. Or maybe here's a link to the Uber app and you can get a discount for not driving or some such. Perhaps. That's a very good idea. Uh, you, you sort of say that, though, but I, I feel like it wouldn't be quite clear enough to be reliable i i just this worries me um because i don't think well for a start i i'm kind of opposed to the idea of drinking anything and driving anyway i just think it's pointless um you know one beer what's the difference between one beer and no beers well it's one beer but you know you you take my point i think um and given the quality of alcohol free beers these days which often are not completely alcohol free it has to be said um uh, that you know you might as well just not bother um so i would I could see I can see why this has come out of the US though because and I I I plead to any of our American listeners if you could just sort of explain whether this is true or not but certainly uh, the media sort of portrays American uh, police stops as um the, the first thing they do in those situations seems to be a sobriety test that involves a number of walking exercises so this kind of makes sense coming out of America um, and then they only sort of move on to the breathalyzer after that. In this country, if you're pulled over and the police think you've had a drink, they'll just go, right, well, would, would you mind blowing into this? Um, and then you do the breathalyzer straight away. There's no sort of walking tests involved. Um, so I can sort of see why this is some US research. I, I, I kind of get what they're going for with this, but I also wouldn't rely on it. And I just think, you know, just don't drink and drive. It's not worth it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. And and there is chat in the chat room now about, you know, younger people who have a couple of drinks, think they're OK to drive, but are technically actually drink driving. And it's really unacceptable. I mean, I think there's a there's much simpler test. I mean, assuming that someone is not satisfied with simply not drinking if they are planning on driving, which should certainly uh, be stated for the record is certainly my advice. Mm. Um, and, and I believe those of, uh, as someone who doesn't in. drink or drive. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, but 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 even if I did drink and drive separately, I would not merge those no. tasks together. No. Um, but I think you know it's a good it's a good use for virtual assistants because certainly I have many memories of being um, under the influence of uh, of an alcoholic uh, refreshment, and I feel that. I talk such a huge amount of bollocks when I'm drunk that any virtual assistant should be able to say. Hello, Nate. You appear to be talking bollocks. Do not drive car, <laughs> you know, or something similarly formulaic, uh, and that would have just as good an effect. Absolutely, and I, but I, I sort of feel like anyone with this, you know, smartphone thing isn't isn't going to pay any attention to it anyway, because we all know, like, if you're going to have if you're going to have a drink and drive, that's probably fine. Especially uh, as Richard Taylor just pointed out in the chat, you know, have a drink at the start of the evening, then see it through with soft drinks to the end, and then you'll be absolutely fine. Um, but you know, I just don't think that anyone who who thinks this is a good solution, you know, I I just don't see why they'd listen to the app. But just oh, I'm fine, and, and that's the problem. And I'm I'm actually quite surprised that young people are still doing it. I wonder if because um, obviously when I was growing up, and probably when you were growing up too, it was a it was a real thing. Like I, my mum tells me stories about when they were young and there were no drink drive laws at all and she says that you know everyone used to drink and drive and uh, okay the roads were less busy and stuff like that but you know it, it just wasn't considered a thing and then obviously a huge social campaign took place and this is it's very similar i guess to smoking although smoking was a little bit more enforced because 
you know they stopped it from being indoors or at all um but um it was all about just it not being socially acceptable anymore and that was quite a smart way of doing it i thought because it it had the impact that you know a whole generation just knows that drink driving is neither safe nor acceptable on any level socially uh, so you would you know if, if you tried it someone would almost certainly tell you off um so yeah you know i i just who knows but perhaps we need to get back on that whole drink driving thing now rather than assuming that everyone knows it's bad and maybe um push a bit of uh, the same messaging again it doesn't surprise me though that phones can be used for something like this because accelerometers are incredibly sensitive and there are there was a story i read the other week that um to the the the, the, the number of android installations uh, now around the world could help researchers more accurately detect tremors in the earth and mm. other uh, um, geological uh, potential problems, uh, which again is a very interesting thing. But but also our chat room raises some very reasonable questions that if you have a um, if you have an app that can that can tell you that you may be over the limit. Uh, given that it also has a GPS chip in it and contacts to potential local law enforcement, it's not unreasonable to think that that may be a privacy ha hazard waiting to happen. But frankly, if you're drink driving, do I care about your privacy? I don't think so. No, not as much. No, but you but you can't open the door to one thing. It, it's it. It's just a slippery slope, isn't it? It's like, oh well, uh, you know, the you happen to have the app installed, you get a, a drink driving conviction, or, so, or you know, you get stopped by the police, and for some reason you don't submit to a dri drink driving thing, and then you get to the police station, and they do the mandatory one where they've arrested you, and you pass it somehow, but then you know, I don't know, you, the, the court later finds out that you had the app and it detected you were drunk, and you know, I, you can see how it could go wrong. Like it's not. I just feel like there are some things that are just, you know, it's probably better to avoid them. Yes. And uh, just before we move on, the chat room is also highlighting uh, Google Goggles. Uh, in fact, Charlotte, I think it was, who originally mentioned this, which was the Gmail, was it, it was Google Labs Gmail plugin that detected if you appeared to be typing crap in an email drunk <laughs> and wouldn't let you send or wouldn't let you send between certain hours, I think. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't we do a CNET podcast, me, you and Rory, oh, where Lord. we tested this? And in I fact, could... didn't we get try and get Rory drunk on an episode <laughs> well, to test this? You say that as like any anything past lunch Cena. No, I know was, we uh... were regularly drunk doing the CNET podcast, but I believe <laughs> that we deliberately got Rory quite drunk um, to test something out. I'll see if I can dig up the episode. I don't remember, mate. You've got all the episodes, so I have. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe if I can find that, I'll text Rory <laughs> see if we can put it in the Discord. Or something. <laughs> but anyway, um, if you have any views on phones, obviously being used as ways to detect drink driving or potential drink driving. Let us know, usual places, but specifically UKTechShow at iCloud.com. It's time to talk about a bit of nostalgia, Ian, because it's been a slow news week. We almost didn't do a show today. 
I'm sitting upstairs in my mum's house in Cowdale recording under a blanket using an iPad, some AirPods and my Zoom H5 recorder. Um, and so in lieu of making a mountain out of a boring news mode molehill, I thought we'd talk a bit about Windows 95. Why not? Because what could be more present than talking about something that happened 25 years ago? That's because this week, Windows 95, the first of the modern, I suppose, Microsoft OSs, is 25 years old. Um, I've got a little clip here, actually, of Bill Gates and Jay Leno introducing Windows 95 from a launch event at the time. Let's have a, let's have a listen. Uh, this here is the mouse. This is the mouse. You move that around. Uh, this here is the mouse tail. This will uh, send all the uh, main mouse information to the uh, main mouse hutch in here where most of the uh, mouse equipment is, is kept with the other mice. It's all in the... This is your main mouse area, essentially, <laughs> right here. I'm, I'm getting a little worried that you really don't know much about Windows 95. No, 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 I'll show you, I'll show you. See, what I really like is everything you need to do, I can do uh, right from the start button here. You see that? Look at that, Bill, huh? So Windows 95, it was the successor to Windows 3.1, went on general release at the end of August 1995, had a radically improved graphical user interface, it brought support for plug and play, technology for peripherals, uh, it eventually brought the Internet Explorer browser into the world, although I believe that was via a software update and it wasn't initially in the shipped version, uh, but it had support for USB and better graphics processing hardware and it added a load of other features over Windows 3.1, like better networking support. You could send faxes, actually, um, which apparently back then was a, a big deal. It had audio recording and, and audio playback and video playback tools. It also brought the start menu and the taskbar, um, which was probably one of the most significant uh, introductions and certainly one of the longest lasting in the Microsoft world. Um, so that's Windows 95. When I mentioned that I thought we could talk about this a little bit, Ian, you got very excited and said any excuse to talk about Windows 95 is a good one. So give it, give us your give us your takeaway. I remember installing Windows 95 from floppy disks, I seem to remember. Um, not on my own computer, I don't think. Um, I seem to remember my friend Nathan, who incidentally now works for Microsoft, um, ha had the installation floppies for some reason. Um, and uh, he uh, we installed it on several computers. I mean, not that one, but you know, like we had different versions. Obviously, I had it at home. I can't remember how we got it in the end. I, I imagine that we must have fronted up the probably fairly substantial fee to get hold of it. But it was such a landmark of um, change in the Windows world. I mean, we were coming off the back of Windows three eleven, and that was a very basic. Uh, looking operating system I mean, if you can even call it an operating system it is essentially a, a dos gui um, and windows 95 obviously continued that tradition but there is more to uh, the windows 95 story than, than than simply the components of its parts because it was sort of the point where i think windows began to offer a a credible alternative to mac os which was a slicker operation at the time uh for sure uh, that said it wasn't perfect either i can certainly remember some hilarious instances of uh, early mac os in the day but yeah i mean what's not to be excited it was such a massive launch i remember um they basically bought every ad block in the times newspaper including a cover app in the days when a cover app was actually not really a thing like these days you know, papers will routinely have a, a, a wrap around them with advertising a product. And they're very expensive now. Goodness only knows what they must have cost back in the day. Um, and it was this huge thing and it had a 
there was a magazine included which was a sort of look at windows 95 uh, i certainly had a copy of it at some point i don't know whether or not uh, i've still got that in a box in the loft somewhere well i'll say i'll say something i'll say something more and if memory serves and we, we are off script now ladies and gentlemen so check me on this but i believe microsoft actually paid for over a million copies of that times newspaper so yes. that anyone could get it for free it was free yeah that was that was it wasn't it i I'd, I'd sort of forgotten that but yeah so not only had they bought this ad space it also paid for the paper to be free i mean it was the single biggest tech launch i can remember of all time i i mean there must have been a bigger one but that i mean i suppose the the hysteria around the iphone was greater but i don't imagine apple spent a penny on anything like this um i mean they would have obviously had tv adverts but apple's very good at getting uh, network providers to pay for tv adverts so i imagine o2 would have lifted out a heavy burden there um but yeah i mean th- th- this was just a, a it was just phenomenal i mean to get that message out to you know not only people who were just interested in tech like us at the time uh it it also you know got out to the general very you probably would have had an enormous amount of people understanding that there was a new version of windows whether what they would have done with that information i couldn't say uh but it was certainly a very uh bright time for microsoft it certainly was and i mean i never owned i don't think i owned a windows 95 pc certainly had a windows 98 one uh, i was using a lot of macs i was at secondary school or was i hang on how old was i been then i can't remember what it was when it was I, I think i was in secondary school but we all we all used um we all used apples at the time apple they were all, almost all apple computers but i had two friends with a windows 95 machine one was a a chap called michael hemingway and I used to go around to his house. Uh, he was the first person I know to ever have satellite television. His dad was building a boat around the corner from his house. So it was an amazing house to be in. And he got a computer, Windows 95 computer with the internet. And we went into a chat room. And I can't remember why I typed it, but I typed the word sex into this chat room. And my friend Michael flipped his lid, said, you can't say sex on the internet, and literally ripped the cable out of the back of his modem because he thought everyone um, who monitored the internet chat rooms would report this and we'd have the police on our doorstep. Um, <laughs> oh, sweet I don't know where child. such fears came from, but I can just remember that that vividly, that absolutely vividly. And the other friend that I had uh, will probably come as no surprise to anyone. It is David Shaw. Uh, <laughs> he had a Windows 95 PC that his dad had bought. And if I remember, he'd bought it with a load of peripherals as well. So he had a scanner, he had a webcam, he had all sorts. And I got really jealous um, because David was able to talk to girls in other countries. And I thought that was a new level of bastard to be, that I couldn't do that and he could. Um but eventually I did get to have a bit of a play around on, on David's computer, I think. Oh, fabulous. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I, there, were, there were some early memories. Absolutely. But it wasn't much. Yeah. But I was still in the Apple world at, at, at the time. Um, at the time. I just typed sex in the chat. So uh, I've just got to go now, if that's all right, because the uh, police will be around shortly. Yes. Well, I mean, just to follow up on that, uh, the police did not arrest us for saying sex on the Internet. No. Uh, and I also never got to meet any girls via chat rooms on David Shaw's computer. Oh, that's such a shame. Um, I also never got any girls from any of the other things I did with David Shaw. <laughs> so let us know any memories, fond memories you have of Windows 95 and its early era. Happy birthday, Windows 25. You are now... Um, what can you do at 25 that you can't do before then? Um, hold on, there is something. 
uh, hire a car. Ah, hire a car. There we okay. go. Everyone, everyone in the chat is saying exactly the same thing. Yeah, that's the one. All right. Well, window, Windows ninety five. Good luck now renting a car for the first time. <laughs> uh, you haven't been officially supported, I believe, since nineteen ninety uh, two thousand and one, but that should not stop you at all. Just don't drink and drive. Windows ninety five. Well, Daily Tech News Show is the place to go if you want to be informed about the wider world of technology as opposed to text message, which just keeps you informed about things relevant to the British tech scene. So let's check in with Tom Merritt in the US and hear what's been happening in the wider world of tech this week. This week on Daily Tech News Show, Apple backs down on a fight with WordPress. A judge tells them they have to back down on a fight over Unreal Engine, but they didn't have to back down on a fight over Fortnite. Oh, and Facebook started picking on Apple's App Store policies as well. Also, TikTok CEO quit, which means we may be close to a deal, and it may involve Walmart. We'll tell you why that actually makes sense. And we'll also tell you why cashiers will be a thing of the past soon. That's all at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Ian. Thank you, patrons listening live. We've had tons of people here. We've had Bart, we've had Ian Baxter, John, Luna, and Rosal, Richard Taylor. We've had Charlotte. We've had, oh, we just had, we've had loads of people this week. So thank you so much for joining us. I am off out now to go and look at some cows, go for a bit of a walk, maybe have a cup of tea with my mother. Um, And I hope the rest of you have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time. 